What's up, everybody? Welcome in to another edition of Bets and Ball Games with Edwards and Greason for Southeastern 14. I'm Brian. He's Jay. What's going on, my man? A uh, little bit of everything. Just trying to get ready for uh, Christmas. Yep. Yep. And uh, before we get started, we got a lot to discuss. Let's talk about our good friends at Bet online which remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contest nfl college football ufc and nhl are in full swing bet online is your number one source for wagering news odds trends and predictions all the hoops betting action along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time head to bet online today and remember to use our promo code uh, all caps here on the promo code B-L-E-A-V. That's promo code, all caps, B-L-E-A-V, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All righty. So last weekend, good on you. Called the Auburn cover at home to USC and Hoops. Bad on both of us with New Mexico State. Bad on me, Georgia Southern. I forget if you were involved in that game. I was. Good. Yep. Okay. Good on Texas Tech. That was good. Yep. My money line parlay with UCLA and App State was good. I feel like – oh, and I – what a horrible push on Jack State. Three defensive touchdowns for the Raging Cajuns. It could have yes. been a loss. Could have been yes. a loss. It, well, and – a lot of it is how close are these numbers been? I mean, yeah. the total on uh, Texas San Antonio Marshall was 52 and a half in a 35-17 final with one score in the last nine minutes. I mean, it just was. And, I mean, of course these guys have got algorithms upon algorithms that generate – uh, a whole lot of these spreads, but man, oh man, the numbers have just been so on point in so many of these games to start the bowl season. Yeah, and we've had our, you know, what's become the norm in the last five years, our, you know, our last second opt-outs that we can't really see coming. Uh, you know, Frank Harris, I know he had kind of been banged up there late in the year, but he's doing all the press, the media, talking about his farewell, <laughs> seven years, 20,000 and whatever yards, whatever the hell it was. And then the line moves from 12 and a half to seven and a half in a matter of hours before kick. And then, he ends up not playing. So, it, it, man, you got to just proceed with caution on these bowl games because, you know, you think you know who's going to be in uniform and then 10 minutes before the game or an hour before the game, you find out differently. So I would just say proceed with caution with your amounts. But we're here to talk ball games, and so we're going to. Now, we don't have an SEC team in a bowl game for another six days, but we will get to that bowl game, which is A&M and Oklahoma State here shortly. But let's start um, with a couple we've got here uh, in the next few days. So tonight, as we're recording uh, here early Thursday uh, afternoon, we've got the Boca Raton uh, Bowl tonight with uh, the Cuse in South Florida. And tomorrow we've got Georgia Tech and UCF in Tampa at the Gasparilla Bowl. And Saturday, we've got the Birmingham Bowl 
uh, with Troy and Duke and a couple of other ones um, that I don't know I have much of an opinion on, but I've got the first three we mentioned I do have opinions on. <clears throat> so let's start with uh, USF and the Qs. And first off, just uh, let us tell you what we do know in terms of of opt-outs, uh, et cetera. So Garrett Schrader, Syracuse QB1, had shoulder surgery. He's done. Uh, Carlos Del Rio Wilson is out. Um, I'm pretty sure injury, not transfer. Uh, so it's QB3 for the Qs, but his name is Braden Smith. He's attempted one pass in his collegiate career. I really don't think it's going to be him much because in the last two games – they played uh, tight end Dan Valari out of the Wildcat package. And, you know, he wasn't that bad. Uh, and he can run it. He averages 6.6 uh, yards per carry. And he's actually completed 19 of 22 throws. It's mostly short stuff. But um, I still think Syracuse can be effective offensively because USF's defense is ranked 131. One out of 133 FBS teams in total defense, dead last in pass defense, 124 in scoring D, uh, giving up 34.9 points per game. Where I'm going with this is I like over 55 and a half or 56. The over seven and two in USF's last nine games. Those seven overs have had combined scores of 62, 70, 109, 70, 91, 74, and 71. And Syracuse has a 1,000-yard rusher in LaQuint. Allen and Syracuse is going to be miss, missing their best pass rusher uh, in Leon Lowry. So I'm going <clears> – <throat> sorry, I'm going over on this one. Did you have an opinion on this one, Jay? Uh, well, you mentioned the the over in the green room, and my side would probably be USF primarily because of the quarterback, but I like the over better than, than either side because – to add fuel to the overpick, uh, USF's quarterback threw for more than 3,000. He's a freshman. He kick and play. But like a lot of freshmen, he's got double-digit interceptions, including one at least one in the last five games. So guy who's going to put up big yards but who is also turnover-prone really can, can score for both teams in an over, an, a total situation. Yep, and USF also has um, a former Gator running back, Naquan Wright, 775 rushing yards. And as uh, Jay was noting, uh, Byram Brown, 3,078 passing yards, 11 picks, like he said, does have 23 uh, touchdowns and 745 rushing yards, 11 touchdowns. So he, like, a, like Jay was noting, he can score for, for the Bulls, but then he can, you know, Throw picks as well to maybe hook Cuse up the short field, et cetera. And um, I, almost, I almost hate to go against Syracuse just because of the cosmic debt you and I owe Dino Babers that one Dungy. magical year that uh, with Dino Eric and Dungy. Dungy. Yeah, that good gravy, man. They 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 covered more than bedspreads. It was amazing. And that guy was so tough. He ran like all the time against linebackers and would rarely get hurt. Uh, many times I thought he was done for the day. Nope. Right back in there. All right. Uh, Gasparilla Bowl in Tampa, UCF and Georgia Tech. 
what are you thinking here as we're looking at uh, – and we've seen some line movement uh, on this even uh, today because it was four and a half or five, and there weren't many fives uh, yesterday. And then I wake up this morning, and I am seeing six and uh, six and a half. And, oh, looks like now it's kind of dipped back down. All right. Because uh, on a radio show a while ago, somebody was saying a lot of six and a half. So I actually see, oh, Bet Online is the only one we need to be talking about, by the way. And that they're actually down to four and a half with a total of 67. Your thoughts, Mr. Greason? Well, both of these teams are six and six. Like a lot of these teams that'll play in the pre-Christmas bowls, you're six and six, seven and fives. And you were hundred percent spot on about the it at one point in time trying to handicap bowl games was as much about who's gonna motivate it. Now it's about who's gonna be in uniform. But I think the motivation here is an important uh point to talk about because tech, Georgia Tech has not been in a bowl in four years. They've got alum coaching in Brent Key. They played Georgia as tough as just about anybody in the country did, did this year until they until the Bulldogs lost to Alabama. They they love they they like to run the football and they do it well. Now they can't stop the run with a hand grenade or a flamethrower. But it what they I think a six and six tech team, I know a whole lot of tech fans who have already gone down there to this game. They're going right. to have a good crowd. They, they sold a lot of tickets because absence makes the heart grow fonder. Malzahn and company with, with the Plumley kid, and dear Lord, how many times at Auburn did Malzahn treat a bowl game as, with a, an insulting amount of indifference. Uh, so uh, I, I love tech here. And if you can find it, in that that six neighborhood at some spots, which is what I saw this morning too. I mean, I I think Tech's got a real good shot to win this game outright because they really want to be here. Yeah, and I'm not opposed to getting a little uh, money line as well as I'm on the Tech side. It looks like plus one seventy five uh, at most spots, including our good friends. Uh, at bet online and uh, tech has thrived as an underdog this year. They've been an underdog eight times They're six and two against the spread with four uh, outright wins and to get bowl eligible their last seven games. They won four of their last seven went five and two uh, ATS. Now Haynes King kind of like our guy Brown at UCF too many picks, but man, he makes a ton of plays. He did, did throw 15 interceptions, uh, this year, but he ran for 648 yards, nine touchdowns, 6.0 yards per carry average and had 26 touchdown passes. And like I, I was saying with uh, Georgia Tech thriving as a dog, the flip side, UCF, their last five as a favorite, 0 4 and one against the spread and three outright losses. Jay and I agree that we are on the rambling wreck of Georgia Tech. Um, so to Saturday, Birmingham Bowl, Troy and Duke. So both teams have lost their coaches. Uh, so that's kind of a wash, but Duke has been hit hard by the portal and who's going to be in uniform 
advantage Troy. And I, I even think you noted it last week, uh, and I agreed. Troy's just good the last yeah. two years. They're just they're just really good. Are you thinking the Troy side as we've got a line? Oh, looks like it's come off the seven and a half to seven with our friends at Bet Online with a total of 44. What say you? Um, there are a couple other games I like this weekend, maybe with a little more gusto than this one, but I don't see how you can play. I don't see how any – if you're going to play this one and you're committed to, to being in this one, I don't see how you go against I, – I think Troy's the only side you can back because, I mean, not only – uh, when when a head coach leaves and does it in that type of, I mean, it, it was not the easiest and smoothest exit for Mr. Elko, who did a fantastic job in the first six weeks of the season. But when the quarterback got hurt, uh, I think Texas A&M would have been better suited to hire Riley Leonard more than Mike Elko because – I mean, the, the Duke quarterback made a ton of plays in that first month of the season when they were the talk of college football. And, if, and who knows who knows what Duke what Duke would be sitting at if they stopped Notre Dame on fourth and seventeen. Not that I have any previous experience in the last handful of months about your team gagging on fourth and long yardage in a in a <laughs> important football game. Now, I wouldn't know anything about that. Of course, of course not. Um, and, and as you say, it's Troy or pass. I also think if you're a money line parlay guy or a teaser guy, I think Troy fits the bill perfectly. Um, but I'm going to lay the seven. And a few reasons why are Troy's won 10 games in a row, nine of those victories by seven or more, eight of those victories by 18 or more. Uh, their last nine games are eight and one against the spread. Their last four is a single digit favorite, four and O oh, uh, ATS. And, and here are some of the uh, Duke uh, guys that hit the portal. Uh, all ACC defensive tackle Aeneas Peebles has transferred to Virginia Tech. He had eight and a half tackles for loss, four sacks, and a forced fumble. Uh, Duke starting DN RJ Oban. Uh, six TFLs, five sacks. He has transferred, or I'm sorry, he's in the portal. And their leading rusher, Jordan Waters, has transferred to NC State. He had 753 rushing yards, 12 touchdowns, 5.3 yards per carry. Uh, average uh, location advantage, Troy. Troy is also in five bowl games, their last five bowl games. Five and over, straight up and against the spread. Motivation is all Troy. They want to finish in the national rankings in back-to-back seasons, which I'm going to guess is the first time in program history. And I know it would be, well, at least at the FBS level, it would be the first time they've won 12 games in back-to-back well, years. And wouldn't you much rather hang out with a guy named Troy than a guy named Duke? Absolutely. 100%. I mean, I mean if, if you're really looking for the uh, for the spot on gambling insight, I mean, let's just yes. go first names. Yes. Yes. I mean, I don't want anything to do with Dukies in general. Um, all right. I don't have much to offer on these other Saturday games, so I'll just read them off and you let me know what you think. Uh, I've, Arkansas- got, I've got one. I've got go one. Uh, of, of all the teams heading into this first big weekend, or I guess the second big weekend of bowls, 
I think the transfer portal uh, scales are more mismatched in Utah State against Georgia State than maybe any other game. Uh, Georgia State, yeah, the quarterback's back, and he, he's, a, he's a fantastic player. Yeah, but is. Georgia State lost its top two uh, running backs, its leading wide receiver, its third leading wide receiver statistically, two offensive linemen, including their best tackle, and a couple of defensive starters. All have opted out, not playing. Utah State had exactly one enter the portal, and it's still not uncertain whether he's going to play or not. So Utah State's coming into this thing complete, almost with their full complement of dudes. Georgia State, not so much. And like Georgia Southern, Georgia State was an absolute disaster uh, down the stretch as I pull it up here. They lost one, two, three, four. They lost five games in a row, straight up and ATS. And one of those was to Georgia Southern, that uh, 44-27. I mean, they just got their ass beat in most of them. 42-14 to at home to James Madison. 42-14 to again to App State. 56-14 at LSU. And then at ODU, 25-24. Uh, you know, their stud running back, Marcus Carroll, I saw where he transferred. I want to say it was to an SEC team, but I'm yeah. absolutely blanking on it. Was it Arkansas? Arkansas, maybe? I can't remember. Uh, but anywho, um, yeah. All right, so uh, you like Utah State minus two and a half. Correct. Okay, I will say, if those familiar with my work, Chris Creighton, I've called him the underdog king for like a decade. Eastern Michigan's numbers as underdogs are unbelievable. However, I would – I don't know that I'd go there with the South Alabama game because um, they got hit hard by the portal. I, I was looking into it a week or so ago, and I just I quit looking because I was like, okay, I'm not backing them this this time. I, I, them catching double digits is an automatic play for me normally, uh, but not this time. And I'm pretty sure South Alabama stud uh, running back uh, Ladamian Webb. Um, I'm pretty sure he he's declared for the draft and opted out. And uh, I'll just let you know he had 1,007 rushing yards, 16 touchdowns, 5.4 yards per carry. And the Jaguars um, are minus 17 at bet online against EMU. Okay. Um, Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions and – Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Before we just jump ahead to the one... Uh, SEC game. Were there any of these others, like Texas State, Rice, or? Well, uh, the only other one that that caught my eye is Utah uh, Western. Well, I, 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 I'm on record saying that with the if you take Kirby and Nick Saban 
uh, out of the team picture because I think we all agree those are the two best dudes uh, running programs. Kyle Whittingham at Utah doesn't have to apologize to anybody else in the country for what he does with the youths. And I know Northwestern has had an unbelievable bounce back year, but if Utah is healthy, they 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 bring a physicality that I don't think Northwestern's ready for. Yeah, Northwestern does have the motivation advantage, um, but um, yeah, I'm not positive on you know how many uh, Utah. I think Bryson Barnes is entering the portal, but playing, if I'm not mistaken, I feel like I read that in the last week. But again, like we want to emphasize, you know, yeah, don't don't, I mean, don't hey, take our word for it five days ahead of time. I mean, you, you, uh, <laughs> hey, it, it could be like that Star Trek. Uh, I mean, that's what the portal is these days. The beam me up Scotty version of, uh, of, of just here today, gone tomorrow. So, uh, and along those lines, I mean, you talked about Frank Wilson's 11th hour announcement. Speaking of another guy who's uh, done, who's been in college football since like Bo Jackson was a senior. Cam calls on the move again. Oh, NC State. Yeah. And um, Cam Rising is coming back uh, for Utah. And, and just for, uh, as I have anything to do with betting, but like, what are they trying? What what's what are they trying to do? To these coaches, they're trying to prep for bowl games. We've got early signing day yeah. was yesterday. We've got they're having to navigate who's in the portal from their own teams leaving, uh, uh, who's jumping in the portal that they need to show interest in, uh, uh, all while you know, oh, we got bowl games. I mean, some of us don't have a bowl game, but but our coach is just busy losing. Um, oh. Losing recruits to Auburn. Well, two, de- two defensive linemen. Hey, now that they've legalized uh, writing checks to these kids, and we've got Hugh Freeze uh, lining up hookers and blow, Auburn Auburn's not going to finish out of the top six or seven in recruiting for his for a, the foreseeable future, brother. Right. So y'all snagged two of our offensive linemen, both top, I, I think top like eighty uh, guys. And then one of our two five-stars – well, we had three five-stars. Texas took one of them last week. Uh, one of our two five-stars was supposed to announce at 10 a.m. yesterday. And then all of a sudden, the on-three guy, I think Hayes Fawcett, I think is his name, he's tweeting out at like 9, 9-ish, 9.30 a.m., LJ McRae is not going to sign today. So. The uh, office uh, in the conversation with that guy, too. Well, you were. Y'all, y'all were the reason for the delay. Apparently, our NIL guys matched whatever bag y'all had. And finally, last night, after a day of stress, he did put pen to paper to the Gators. But Auburn almost took three defensive linemen, two high four stars and a five star from the Gators on signing day. The the whole recruiting process now makes me uh harking back to the wonderful scene with Chris Rock and Hollywood Shuffle where he walks into the restaurant and he goes how much for one rib i just want one rib can i how much is for one rib and he goes on and on and on about this about wanting to buy just one rib instead of a whole order and then he goes all right i'll give you a rib for a dollar and he goes can you can you break 100 
And uh, <laughs> that's, that's recruiting in today's world. Can you bust 100? Yeah, sure. Here you go. But, I mean, and, I mean, you're 100% right. The, the, actually, I'm willing to bet that of all the headaches that college coaches have to deal with in terms of not only making a living providing for your family, relying on 18 to 23-year-old young men to make good and sound decisions on a regular and routine basis, the calendar has got to be shuffled. This, to- this is, I mean, make the early signing period in July before their senior year. And I know that's when those guys want to go on vacation and, and, and whatever else, and this is the early enrollment. But, man, oh, man, there's just too much – an avalanche of stuff going on that these guys have now got to navigate and don't, and yeah, they're making $10 million a year. So cry me a river, but the now, I mean, heck Nick Saban's got to deal with a, one of his offensive linemen getting arrested for knowingly transmitting an STD. I mean, Rock. where is that in the playbook? What, what was Michael Vick's uh, name at the doctor's office? Ron, Ron Mexico. Mexico. Ron Mexico. <laughs> Ron Mexico. And, and this is not a victimless crime. Now I will say this: this is what this is what social media was invented for. <laughs> the fangs and ruthlessness. The first thing I saw when somebody referenced this guy was, and and I've got a backstory here, but uh, it was man, you got to really feel bad for this guy's cousin because I mean. <laughs> Uh, which is insinuating that he, he gave the sexually transmitted disease to his cousin. Okay. So, well, and to be to be full disclosure, I was married in the great state of Alabama. We got our marriage license in Fort Payne. We go down there to fill out the paperwork, and I kid you not, like question says, four, are you related? Are you related to uh, the bride slash groom? And it's not an end-all, be-all, because then the next line is, if so, how? So I guess there are degrees to which they're willing to allow you to be related to your betrothed. So, uh, Only in the great state of Alabama. God bless America, brother. Football and uh, shady matrimonies. That's, that's, what we're doing in, that's what we're doing in the Yellowhammer State. Oh, man. Saban's got it. Early signing day, the portal of oh, prep for the college football playoff. Oh, and Uh-oh. replace and, uh, an offensive tackle who's pulling the Ron yeah. Jeremy, uh, uh, Ron Jeremy, Ron Mexico. The uh, <laughs> almost did that a second ago. I almost said Ron Jeremy instead of Ron Mexico. Um, oh gosh, where were we? We were having so much fun. Oh, the, <laughs> other ball games, <laughs> yeah. The uh. Now let's go to the Vagisil Bowl. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so what Vatek Tulane? Okay, I, I don't know if Tulane has wow. A, yeah. I don't know if they have a coach. I don't know if they have a quarterback. I mean and and to be that close to being in a big time bowl game to right. then get shuffled off to 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 this one. Uh th- those Throughout history, those have been the ones where Georgia laid – who was – Georgia laid an egg a couple of years – Alabama has laid a couple of Sugar Bowl eggs when they uh, did not Utah, get the playoffs. To Utah uh, and um, 
They but need another one. It's 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 a tough situation when you're on the cusp of really hitting a uh, uh, a check a check mark dream type of bold destination, and now you're playing two days before Christmas. Uh, which, and I know we'll talk about all the SEC games next week, of course. How do you gauge who's motivated in Georgia, Florida State? Right. And first has opted out. Johnny Wilson's opted out. I don't think Coleman's opted out, but I think he will. And Georgia's had a lot of guys uh, hit the portal, but obviously Carson uh, Beck is playing, and FSU's quarterbacks uh, – is, not, is Carson Beck worth four million? Because that's what he's wanting in the in the portal, or that's what he's wanting in NIL. So that, that was the report. One of the websites is that he was asking NIL people for he wants four million dollars to come back. Well, he's coming back, and that four and, million. Uh I don't know that he is, but I don't know what every other quarterback in the SEC is getting paid either. So, yeah. Um, Jaden Daniels is worth four million. DJ Lagway is worth four million. I think. Uh, dude in Missouri is worth four million. Eli Drinkwitz needs to pony up some of that. Wait, wait, are you talking about the defensive tackle they got yesterday, or Brady Cook, or no? I'm talking about the quarterback. I'm talking about Brady. Oh, Brady I'm, Cook. Yeah. I'm, right. Yeah. 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 Um. All right. Well, I, I will just throw this out there. Um, if Kansas is somewhat full strength i think i would lay 12 and a half with them and that's what they are at bet online against unlv that's not till tuesday the day uh after christmas which uh but so the sec team that we do have in action it is six days from now the 27th is a&m against oklahoma state in houston NRG stadium bet online has a&m minus two with a total of 53 so I, I like Oklahoma State I do too I do too uh and I know it ended with an absolute boat racing at the hands of Texas but this may have been Mike Gundy's best work I mean yeah which it, is saying it, a lot it is saying a lot he's had a whole lot of really good years and but he cobbled together a group that I don't think a whole lot of people even really would have penciled them in the top five or six teams in the Big 12. And they got to the conference title game. I know Elko is in there. I think there's a false narrative on players, especially in this age and day and age of players, playing hard, wanting to put a good step forward for a new coach like Elko is in the wings at College Station. I mean, those guys are going to vamoose. The NIL's being redirected. A&M's halls right now probably feel more like a morgue than a college football program. Yeah. And also, uh, Gundy was on a six-game winning streak in bowl games. Um both uh hold on I'm, as I'm reading it here yes straight up and that's what I thought six and0 runs straight up in ATS 
in uh, the, the previous six bowl games that was snapped last year, a 24-17 loss to Wisconsin as a three-and-a-half-point dog. But obviously, 6-1 and one, uh, in his last seven bowls is pretty good. And going back to this might have been his best work, so – Oklahoma State had a season win total of six and a half. And just in Phil Steele's mag, as you look back the last 10 years, they had, had not had any seasons where they hadn't won at least seven. And they had one, two, three, four, and they had five double-digit win seasons. So uh, you got to suspect that was their lowest season win total in forever. And they went over it easily, uh, getting to nine and three. But and in some in- ways, in some ways, you look at all right, Kirby and Saban, uh, Ryan Day at Ohio State. Uh, those guys are putting a lot of dudes in the league. Clearly, uh, so they're winning a lot of games. So their production is on par with their prowess. I mean, if you take Barry Sanders out of the equation, who's the best Oklahoma State NFL guy? I mean. Yeah. And and he's now been there a decade, and as you said, half of that time he's winning double-digit games without a whole lot of Jimmys and Joes who are Sunday stars. Oh, no, he he they rarely get four stars. They usually get like three, four stars a class. And, I mean, and figure out ways to – I mean, Oklahoma's getting five stars. Texas is oh, getting yeah. five stars. Oh, and, yeah. and, I mean – Gundy gets – a lot out of what talent he gets. And we don't have to worry about our guy, Ollie Gordon. He's a true sophomore. So no opting out for Mr. Gordon. And, hey, and- hey, I was, Hey, I was impressed by that kid. And it was, it was far and away a disappointing and humbling loss that when Texas stomped a mud hole in him, but the way that kid was, was really wearing that loss. I mean, in the middle of that game, he was, he was living. He yes. was pissed. I yes. mean, and was yelling at anybody who had a, a headset. Yeah. Give me the ball and let's try to fix this. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and uh, one last thing uh, uh, to, to credit Gundy, he might have had his worst quarterback situation ever this year. I mean, going into that Big 12 game, I remember Bowman had – I think he did have three touchdown passes that game, if I'm not mistaken. But he had a 10-11 to 11 TDI and T-ratio going into that Big 12 championship game. So, the he had no expectations and probably his worst quarterback situation ever and still made it to the Big 12 championship game. So, we like Oklahoma State uh, in that bowl game. Um all right, so before we talk a little hoops, um, any other bowl games that you want to throw out anything on? Or- uh, not until we reconvene uh, right. next week, although uh, you want to talk about the disappointment bowl. Who in a million years on either side is going to want to show up and play in Louisville, USC? Right. Yeah, I was just thinking of that. And um, by the way, Bet Online uh, has that game with Louisville favored by seven and a half with a total of fifty-seven and a half. So I saw the starter USC announced. I had never heard of him. Right. So well, yeah. I mean, and you you mentioned earlier about all the things going on. You think Lincoln Riley's trying to 
press the flesh with the Chicago Bears or whoever may get a top draft pick so he can keep riding Caleb Williams uh, five more years? Yeah, I probably I think that's probably <laughs> probably the case. Um, yeah, and we don't know about Jordan uh, Louisville's uh, star running back. So I'm not even going to start getting into the, the play. Let's talk hoops. So Alabama goes down last night, but they had a 10-0 run that uh, gave them, uh, I want to say it was a seven-point lead there early in the second half. But then they went uh, more than eight minutes with only one bucket. They end up losing 87-74. to 74. Now, you got to consider all the travel that Bama's done here in the last 11 days. So they went to Toronto, led Purdue, which is third in Ken Palm, but I excuse me, I don't pay any attention to AP basketball rankings, but I believe Purdue's number one. Uh, Alabama was winning the whole game. That was up in Toronto. Ended up losing 92-86. Then they go at Creighton this past Saturday. Had the lead good chunks of that game. They lose by three. Creighton's 17th in Ken Palm, and then they go to Phoenix, so uh, mostly uh, pretty much a road game, and have the lead parts of the second half, but lose to Arizona, number two in Ken Palm. Their other two losses to Clemson, number 25, and Ohio State, number 28. They do have two top 100 wins in Ken Palm over Oregon on a neutral 50, uh, Oregon's 56th. Indiana State is 50. They beat them at home by 22. And then they've got, you know, 30, 40-plus wins uh, by margins of those numbers um, against a bunch of scrub squads. But Alabama's still ninth in Ken Palm. I mean, I think they're fine, fine, either they're they're only six and five. They've got to have the toughest strength of schedule in the country. Yeah, and and that's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't, though, because you're going to lose – seven, eight SEC games just because of the attrition and the difficulties of going on the road in this league. So you're now, you start adding those math uh, equations and I'm all, I'm an Auburn graduate, so I'm going to take my shoe off here. But it, unless you go in 12 and six in the league, you're already now getting up there to 13, 14 losses. So, I mean, that's a scary proposition in a league that, I mean, the SEC will probably get eight teams dancing, maybe, but it, it's it's difficult to see. Yeah, your strength of schedule is great, but you don't have – you just need one – you need one of those to be like the feather in your cap to say, hey, yeah, we, we, we beat Arizona in Phoenix or we beat uh, so-and-so in Columbus. I mean, this well, one they- – I mean, yeah, they do have another top 50 non-conference game on December 30th against Liberty, who's 49th, and that's in Birmingham. But, you know, all through SEC play. So here's the SEC teams in Ken Palm uh, today. Tennessee 6th, Auburn 7th, Bama 9, Kentucky 21, A&M 22, Mississippi State 32, Florida 36, Arkansas 58, and and so – uh, most of these bracketologists right now have those top seven teams in the tournament and Arkansas, or I'm sorry, Gamecocks are 72. A lot of bracketologists have them in there. So that would be eight teams. And then Arkansas, which is 58 in Ken Palm, uh, I believe was in Lenardi's next four out. Um, 
the last one from earlier this week. Then you got Mizzou 84. They've got a big game with Illinois and St. Louis tomorrow night. Ole Miss is 85. But Ole Miss, have they even lost yet? I mean, they're they're uh, you know they're going to have all these chances to get quality wins in conference play. So they're very much a player uh, for the tournament. And then Georgia 86, LSU 106, and Vandy 235. Um, <clears throat> good on you for the Auburn call. Uh, against USC last week, and you're going to go watch them play uh, tomorrow in person with the youngsters. And uh, they're playing Alabama State, and if Ken Palm is close to correct, they will be favored by 30. Will you be laying a 30-point number or maybe looking to go like minus 17 or 18 first half? I would I would lean first half, but uh, Auburn is – Auburn – this year we won way more than we lost taking LSU in the over. And, I mean, it didn't hit every week, but it certainly made money. Uh, Auburn at home will make you money, even even laying 30 against an Alabama State bunch. Uh, because one of the things, one, their home environment is as good as anyone's in the country with, and doesn't even have to apologize to Duke. I mean, it is, it is a ferocious and – loud venue where everybody is on top of the floor and they're into it and it's cool. But the other part of that is Bruce Pearl's style really takes a page out of what Rick Pitino did in the nineties with Kentucky. He's going to come at you in waves. He may not have the best player on the floor. He may not have, he may only have the third or fourth best player on the floor, but he's banking his five through 10 is going to be a hell of a lot better than your five through ten. So they run, they press, they 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 do all these things, and they do them exceedingly well playing in Auburn. And by the way, I just took a, a glance at App State, and that L is aging okay. They have not yep. tasted defeat since then and are uh, nine and two and on an eight-game um winning streak so yeah Auburn uh and played a true road game against a mid-major which in truth I think is good for the sport yes I mean, oh 100 percent yes because it that that's going to be App State's basketball Super Bowl of the year conference or in conference or out yep 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 um so we have tomorrow we have uh, the Ospreys of UNF are at Georgia. Grambling is at Florida. Elon at South Carolina. Houston Christian at AM. The only one of interest and big interest for Mizzou, because I mentioned they were 84 uh, in Ken Palm, and they play Illinois in St. Louis. <clears throat> Excuse me. Illinois is 12th in Ken Palm. So uh, Mizzou could use a W here. They do have a couple of top 100 wins. They won at Pitt, which is 42 in Ken Palm. Oh, and they won at Minnesota, which is only 88 in Ken Palm. But Missouri could use a win here, and they'll be a nine-point underdog if Ken Palm's, uh, you know, if they're close uh, on their uh, prediction of the game. So, how – Oh, we're already 42 minutes deep. What? Okay, I've got a few NFL. Do you have any thoughts on NFL or any other picks? Uh, well, it's not a pick, but it is uh, a 
a, a lament at the plight. When I was a kid growing up loving college basketball, one of my favorite teams was the Louisville Cardinals. I love Daryl Griffith. I love the McCray brothers. I love Milt Wagner. I loved in the 80s, they would dunk on you just as soon as they would look at you. And I loved their style. And even oh, well, even Daryl Griffith, Dr. Duncanstein. Oh, yes, he was, Dr. Duncanstein. And even when they won it with Never Nervous Purvis Ellison. And all of those teams were so much fun to watch. It is staggering to me the abyss that Louisville basketball finds itself in in this day and age. It, I mean, it is, it, is, it is just staggering. In some ways, another team I loved growing up was DePaul. Mark McGuire and Terry Cummings and those yeah. dudes were bad. And they're, DePaul's irrelevant, but Louisville still is passionate about the game and still, I mean, they're still spending a ton of money. And I thought Kenny Payne was going to be a really good hire, but they go 4-28 and last year, and this year they're hosting Kentucky tonight, and they're a 15-point home underdog. I would have never guessed it to, to, to deteriorate to that point. Yes. And uh, Rick Bozich, uh, a TV personality in Louisville and, you know, longtime scribe, he'll hit me up on a Twitter DM just asking about spreads and something or stuff of that nature. And so I was going back and forth with him yesterday and I was saying, you know, is it going to be 65% Kentucky fans? That was just kind of what I was guessing. And he said it's normally 10%. He goes, last year, uh, or last time they played in Louisville uh, under Mac, it was closer to 25% Kentucky. But he said, A, he said, it's not sold out yet. And he told me, I think it will be 60 to 65% Kentucky. So that, wow. that kind of also, you know. Um, and, I, I mean, it's Kentucky or pass. Correct. And you look at the plight. I mean, we mentioned some of their great players. Uh, Milt Wagner's an all-timer there, and his grandson's going to be in, in blue. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, I wrote this when I saw that uh, his grandson was committing. I was like, ah, there's my one thing to make me feel old today. Milt Wagner's grandson is going to be playing college hey, basketball now. Did you see that Drake Kirkpatrick's son is playing college football? Drake Kirkpatrick just left Alabama a minute yes, ago. Was playing for the kid who just signed with Bama to play corner. He was just playing for the Bengals a minute ago. I thought oh, it's, that reminds me of Brian Cox, one of the best. Uh, remember Brian Cox from Dolphins and Jets, Falcons D line coach on Hard Knocks, and uh, he's talking about uh, his kids or whatever. And and one of the D linemen was like, "Coach, you got how many kids?" And he looked at him. He was like, "I started bleeping when I was ten years old, boy." <laughs> And somewhere Sean Kemp nods in approval. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, Sean Kemp did nod in approval. Okay. Um, I'm going to throw out just a few NFL games, and we're going to be done and wish you all Merry Christmas and bid you farewell. So, Baltimore, San Francisco, I like over 47. I know we've got two elite defenses 
You got two elite offenses, two elite quarterbacks. Baltimore scored 31 or more in six of its last eight games. San Fran scored 30 or more in nine of 14, but it could be 12 of 14 because three of those games, there was no Trent Williams or Debo uh, Samuel. So let's go over 47, Baltimore, San Fran. And you actually like this one. Colts plus one to the D-bag birds and their owner who will not fire this loser. Colts are hot, by the way. Five and one, both straight up and ATS in their last six. On the road, they're good. Four and two, both straight up and last six. Falcons are horrible. Two and five, both straight up and ATS last seven. Three of those losses was were against opponents that were starting a quarterback who was starting for that team for the first time on that day. Oh, and what was Carolina? One and 13. Lose that one last week. I mean, I, I, I got nothing. I've got nothing else to say. Arthur yeah. Smith. Uh, he's going to be fine. His, his dad is a billionaire. Uh, all is well. He, he's going to have a fine life and probably will catch on somewhere as an offensive coordinator. But uh, I'm ready for him to be done with the franchise. I have cheered for since. Uh, Bubba Bean, uh, Jeff and passed uh, passed the ball carrying responsibilities to William Andrews in the late seventies. So, and then on to Len Kane and Gerald Riggs and so on and so forth. And also like the Bengals minus two at Pittsburgh. Jake Browning against you know who the Steelers are starting this week from Oklahoma State Gundy guy. Um, Kale Gundy. <laughs> he entered the portal, I think. <laughs> back, back to Mason Rudolph, uh, who's only started two games since 2020. Bengals have won three in a row straight up in ATS. Steelers have lost three in a row straight and up may in have ATS. Quit. May, have, may have quit. I mean, you've now got players openly talking about, well, I'm not blocking for that guy. So, I mean, wow. Steelers could fire Mike Tomlin. Mm. Wow. Crazy, crazy. All right. Merry Christmas to all. And all a good bet. To all good mini bets. Let's yeah, don't a keep good it cover. singular. To all yeah. a good cover. There we go. All right. Thanks for listening. Please spread the word. And we'll be back next week to talk more SEC bowl games as they get closer. And hopefully we'll know more about opt-outs, et cetera, because I don't think Malik Neighbors or Brian Thomas have made it official, although Jaden Daniels has. For Jay Greason, I'm Brian Edwards. Bets and ball games with Edwards and Greason. Merry Christmas. See you next time.